Welcome to season four of The Culture of Kindness. My name is Nahala Summers and I am your host. A culture of kindness is based on the idea that by bringing kindness into leadership, we reduce stress, anxiety, make happier workplaces, and in turn, improve the bottom line for any organization or institution. It is a book, leadership program, accreditation, and of course, this wonderful podcast. Kindness has been my life's work since I founded the social movement for kindness back in 2012 called Sunshine People. And it has kept me interested on what people have to say on the complexities of kindness ever since. The guest lineup is exceptional. From politicians to social media influencers, best-selling authors to BBC presenters, an eclectic mix of people who all have completely different views on kindness, how we get it and where the world is currently at. If you enjoy this episode, then please do show your support for kindness by subscribing to the podcast, leave a five-star review or simply invest in the book, aptly named A Culture of Kindness, available on Amazon. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy. Cheryl, thank you so much. It's such an honour to have you here. Um, as uh, 40 years in Southwest Airlines, I can't imagine that there's anyone better to have to talk about culture. And anyone that knows about good culture, they will have come across Southwest Airlines. Um, and so to have you on and to kind of understand the secrets of how that's evolved is just such a treat. Um, you know, you look at your history of 40 years in Southwest and very much, you know, kind of the last 10 years is, has been very much about that culture and, and what that's looked like. Have you seen a big culture change within Southwest over those 40 years that you've spent in it? Um, or was it, you know, was the foundations already there for that culture? Um. Well, just happy to be chatting with you about a great topic, Nala, um, uh, which, as you said, Southwest Airlines has been around now 50 years. We celebrated 50 this year. So uh, our story is broadly shared. And uh, I always love, um, you know, from my experience, what that means. Um, I, I think that the foundation certainly was there. Uh, that's what we were known from or for 50 years ago was just this natural ability to uh, connect uh, with our customers in a fun and really authentic way. You know, our mission was to provide and connect people to what was important in their lives. You know, uh, in those early years, it you couldn't afford to go and do some of the things um, that uh, people needed to do. So we had a great mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the way in which we provided such this great environment for our employees, which they built it. That's what was formed is the, those original employees early on about, you know, working hard, uh, doing it with heart, you know, that care and respect for each other just started to form. So I, it has evolved though, I think in a very positive way I think there will always be change very naturally because as you grow, uh, we were, you know, in the hundreds and now we're, we're now in the 40,000s or so. Mm. And uh, COVID kind of brought the number down a little bit. We had uh, some programs to kind of reduce, but 
we've grown dramatically. So when you bring in that amount of people in an organization with different thoughts and ideas and you know their own unique talents, I think it does evolve. But it has evolved into even a stronger brand of love and and heart. Uh, that's uh, our fifty years is we're trying to inspire even more wonderful acts of of heart and love and kindness in the world because we've been so fortunate and successful in being able to do that uh, with our with our brand. Yeah. So when you started, um, and anybody, I mean, who is not familiar with Southwest Airlines, which I'd be very surprised about, it's, a, it's an American internal flight company. And, and we will know it not because we use your services, but because we've seen the PR the, and the stories and the, you know, just that whole thing has come across to us in in some form in social media right and and hopefully we'll touch on some of those things um but when what where did you start in southwest how did that journey start for you well um in 1980 um and that was in southwest ninth year of service and honestly i didn't even i wasn't even aware of southwest airlines we were very small but I knew I wanted to get into the travel industry. And really it was just so I could get those great perks and fly around uh, to all the great you know, destinations. Now, little did I know when I joined them, all we served with the state of Texas and the bordering states. <laughs> so my world travel did not go very far. I think we went as far as New Orleans uh, to the uh, east. And then the west, we did go into Albuquerque. So uh, but but I got well, Texas to, is pretty big. I mean, it's Texas it's bigger is big. Than- than the UK in its whole, I think, anyway. But. Yes, yes. Yeah, from a Dallas to Midland or Harlingen, uh, that was the beach location. So we there were some spots, but not to the degree of what I was envisioning. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Uh, but I did start uh, back when it was reservations. That's when you actually had to call in to even book something. So um, I was on the phone answering those customers and uh, did that for a number of years. And because Southwest is so great at allowing you to try different things, Mm. I went on into ground operations. And that's where I started my leadership journey because uh, that was uh, working the flights, you know, boarding the the customers and uh, selling the tickets there at the ticket counter, loading the luggage. Um, And so I did that for a number of years. And that's where I started my journey into into leadership. I, I uh, actually, at one point, was in Las Vegas as the manager of customer service. Oh, there's a ton of stories there. That's a, a very interesting location to uh, be leading the customer service side of it. Uh, and then I went into, Southwest has such a great focus on leadership development. I uh, was fortunate to work with the manager and training program that we had then. We still have today. It's evolved as well. Then I went into onboarding. So, there was a point we were bringing in 7,000 new employees in a year. And so what that first year experience was going to be important. You know, when you have such a, such a thriving culture, you, you got to make sure you're getting the right folks in. And then what does that look like and feel like? And uh, then we, we integrated with AirTran. That was 8,000 employees, Nala, that joined our organization in one full swoop. That's what was unique for that one. So now you've got two cultures coming together. And then, uh, as you mentioned, this last 10 years for me, and I've now been in retirement almost a little less than a year now, but was around employee engagement, which was our, our appreciation and recognition of all the great deeds that our employees do and the celebrations 
we're a big culture of celebration. So that was my journey um, um, for the, the 40 years and, and loved every minute of it. I mean, it was a, a great path. That I mean, it's incredible. And, and I want to pick up on a few things that you've brought up there. First of all, going back to the beginning, I guess, you, you mentioned about it was actually the people that made the culture very early on. Was that just something about the people who were already on board? So there was no kind of management saying, this is, you know, this is the culture that we want. Was it just by chance that there was just some great people leading it from the beginning? Oh, I think that's a great question. I think it was a little blend of all what you just asked. Um, I think we had such a fight to exist because when Southwest was first formed, uh, we were not being supported by our competitors. There was a lot of controversy about serving into Love Field and and they wanted us all out of the DFW airport. So there was a big fight not to get us up and running. So I think the mentality there was employees realized to even get another paycheck, they had to work very hard. So that, and we, that formed what we referred to as the warrior spirit. It's, you got to fight hard. You got to work hard. You've got to be productive. Mm. You know, you've got to be efficient. Um, and so that started creating that. The employees also were given by our leadership um, a the right to uh, be yourself. So some fun was encouraged. And in the travel industry, then all of that was not very typical at all. Mm. You know, it was, and to have fun on the aircraft, you could be yourself. Yeah, you know, so we we did have early on only female flight attendants. That was kind of the shtick, and we had a very sexy <laughs> marketing uh, back in those early years. But it was in, it was employees just saying, "Hey, I want to use my charm and 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 fun and 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 create an experience on board for our customers that was very unique." Uh, so that started forming what we refer to as that fun loving attitude, and that was not just on board, but, you know, it's throughout the work environments. Uh, mm-hmm. And then what we're most known for, I think, is then the, the big heart part of it. Um, our leaders at that point did understand uh, the need for employees to get to know each other mm-hmm. and leaders to be respectful. And even though we had a um, kind of a hodgepodge of leaders that came from all different airlines, because we were recruiting those that had experience. So, they kind of brought in some of the older style, but I think coming together and the fight to get up and running and beat our competition created more innovation and a will to survive. Yeah. So I, I think it was a little of both that that began our journey. And and you know Herb Kelleher was there from the get go, mm-hmm. and uh, he was uh, one of our founders and his personality, Nala. And with his sidekick, uh, Colleen Barrett, who was there from the get-go, uh, both used a lot of their values uh, that they brought uh, to the table from, from their families and their upbringing yeah. and their, uh, their experience in business to know, you know what, we've got to have an organization that people will enjoy being here. And that meant a lot of things, Donna. That meant a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because they almost, they set the foundation which I talk about within a culture of kindness, but they set the foundation by saying, this is, this is what 
we're aiming for and then the people that came on board just ran with it because of the environment that you were in they said we want to make it fun we want to make it about people and we're gonna have to fight our way to get to the top by being the best that we can be and they just went okay and just and just went with it yeah and uh they started reaping those benefits along the way and that was a a uh, you know, uh, there, some of our original employees could have retired very early on because of our profit sharing that was incorporating. We were the first in the industry to even instill that. So the harder you worked, the bigger piece of the pie that you got. Mm-hmm. So there was just a lot of things that were incorporated throughout those early years that incentivized uh, working hard and doing the right thing. Yeah, um, and made and made work something that you enjoyed. Uh, you know, coming to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have the John Lewis uh, stroke kind of Waitrose group that runs in that similar vein where you 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 take a share of it ultimately and it's kind of incentivized um, through that. You talked about the takeover, you know, the onboarding of the 7,000 people, the takeover of the other airline, which was another 8,000. I mean, that's that's incredible on many levels um but then you take into the fact that it still stayed true to the culture which is more incredible than all of it and 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 then continue to improve its culture um what do you think or maybe you know um but what do you believe and what did you see was the the core things that happen to make that work. Um, you're right. It's it's probably more of what I believe. I think there's also to what you know because you 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 look at the bottom line on a lot of this to know that it points back to things were, were working. But um, you know our efforts around bringing in the right people, and that's number one. It's part of you it, to have a culture of of what we call is heart and, and love is bringing in people that naturally feel that way. So, you know, our focus on that recruitment of getting in those right folks. Now, when you have a very strong brand, as we do, we attract a lot of folks that want to be a part of that and and are in alignment with that. We also attract a lot of people that think they're in alignment with that, but may not be. So I think the recruitment effort is, is important. You know, um, our founder, Herb, was always big about hiring for attitude. Uh, and yes, you've got to still have those that are very highly skilled uh, in, in many of those roles. But we are looking for that attitude that's going to fit within the culture, whether it's 10 people a year or whether it's 7,000 a year. Um, each member plays such a big part. And of course, you know the cost of turnover. So you want to get it right from the get-go uh, and not just even turnover, which is important, but are they going to deliver uh, on what your promise is uh, as an organization? So we had, a, you know, the recruitment efforts early on, and that's just well-trained folks that know what we need to look for mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of thought uh, around that hiring process. And then it's making sure that once they're in the organization, that they're exposed to everything we can get them exposed to, which is what our values are. Yeah. You know, you got to talk about it. you got to train them. You've got to orientate them. You've got to demonstrate it so that they realize it's real. You can't just talk it. You've got to be walking it. So if they think they're coming in with something and they don't see it or experience it, 
then that that respect factor really re, really drops and confidence level. Yeah. So you know, I've even had and I've heard this time and time again where employees have joined us thinking there's no way it's this good. There is no way it's this good, and they're looking around trying to find somebody that's not going to demonstrate and goes, oh, see, it's not. It was just an all facade. Uh, but we work very hard to make sure that it is the real deal because it is the real deal. Um, people go, are they ever going to stop laughing in some of these meetings? Are they ever going to stop having fun? Are they ever going to stop being so nice and kind? And yes, are we serious about what we do? And I get that question a lot, Nala. We're very serious about what we do. We have an impeccable safety record, but we don't take ourselves seriously. So it's that kind of um, an individual that we're trying to bring in in the organization and then make sure that it's for real. And so the things that we do, the things that we provide for them, you know, the way we train them, mm-hmm. all those things have got to come together so that we uh, can demonstrate that it that it's the real deal as a part of the Southwest Airlines. So that that's kind of that onboarding philosophy for us. What so many questions? Um, not enough time, but so many questions. What um, what what did that recruitment? look like what does that recruitment look like because you know I'm not a believer in you just do an interview and and know that the right person that's the right person you know um and I'm interested to know what Southwest are are doing right now well I and that all kind of evolves as well based on the new tools and you know your resources and and but I think there's a couple things that are key for that number one is to be able to hire someone in, you've got to be really clear as an organization on what those values are. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't really have those clearly outlined, then what you don't even know what you're looking for anyway. And then once you're clear about what those values are, then you've got to design those questions and that process around what you're looking for. So if fun is important in your organization, and for Southwest Airlines that is, and not taking your too, yourself too seriously, you're going to have a, a, a lot of, of questions and search uh, in your history on what does that look like and where have you contributed in that way. Or, and so I, I think, first of all, is, is your values. And then a very well-developed recruitment team, you know, uh, that live that themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and uh, asking those questions that are going to dig into that historical data of that individual and what their motive is. You know, you can kind of probably see through some of those standard things that people are going to, I'm a people kind of person responses, but really, really digging into what that motive is. Um, You know, I don't know if there's a real uh, science that's so perfect and we don't get it right. Certainly every time. but I think we're also in a good position because we're clear on our values and people, our employees know what we're looking for as well. So they are constantly telling the kind of people that they know are going to be successful, sending them our way. Yeah. So I, I think it, it it's just a great cycle that we're in. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, with any culture, as you know, you know, it's just a circle, right? And so once you're in that good circle, you're kind of laughing. If you're in the bad, then you need to find a way to break it. But, but right. Southwest have, have got that. 
it when the onboarding happened of the other um airline mm-hmm. that must have been incredibly tough because you know southwest has got such a unique culture you know it's to bring in another airline into that there must have been a lot of people that just went this isn't this isn't for me um or or vice of you know vice versa it must have been a really kind of challenging time but southwest thrived off it um we do we are now i mean we're studied for so many reasons but the integration itself was such a success story that uh, we share that as well and there's some things that i felt we did do that was very intentional very thoughtful and very strategic on our part because that's just what we did naturally around the cultural aspect of it. But uh, my leader at the time, I was uh, leading uh, the onboarding efforts and he brought me into a conference room and we were going to announce the next day, which I was unaware of. I wasn't privy to that, that we were um, going to be integrating with uh, Airtran Mm -hmm. and uh, they were a great fit for us. uh, Similar operation, kind of a scrappy early. Uh, They reminded us, of ourselves in the early years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as the airline started to come together, uh, it made, it was going to make for a good partnership. Mm-hmm. They traveled international. That was something we were just getting our foot in the door. So there was a lot of great reasons that these two, uh, airlines would make good partnership. Mm-hmm. So he asked me, uh, I'd like you to lead, uh, the culture, uh, aspect of it. And honestly, no, I didn't even know what really that meant. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to get my head around. What is that going to mean? Uh, and I, he said, yeah, I want you to think about it. And so I'm driving home going, I, gosh, I've never done anything like this. This seems huge. I don't even know what. And I'm thinking, well, of course I'm going to do it. That's a stupid even thing to have to think about. So I immediately called him back and I said, Jeff, of course, of course I'll do it. I'll thank you for even thinking of me. And I, I, I'm up for the challenge. So um, there was several teams that were formed to focus on this, which is part of the integration process. But our consultants during this process, Nala, said to us what was amazing to them about how we approached it, unlike any other client that they had worked with, is we actually had as one of our top priorities, culture, (laughs) that it was even listed that the people and culture aspect was our top priorities. I think we had five or six that were huge uh, to get it right. And they said that was even unusual. That was usually not even on the list, which we were like, so surprised. Like, how could that even happen? Yeah. So with it being on the list, Nala, that meant we were doing a lot of things around the people. It was communication, 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 because there's a lot of fear when you're forming two organizations. Mm-hmm. My son right now, he's in another whole industry. They're going through that. And I was explaining the same thing. It's it, you need to know as much as you can. And even if you don't know anything as an organization, it's just, here's what we know right now. Yeah. Uh, so we, we did a lot of efforts with uh, making sure everybody was up to date. And uh, we did a lot of extra things that a lot of organizations probably don't do. That was costly to us, creating certain channels and things so that people kind of knew what was going on. But one little program we did do, and all of that seems so simple, but we felt like it spoke volumes about our culture was we created what we called the wingmate uh, program. And we asked 8,000 of our Southwest employees to basically take an AirTran person under their wing 
and all it was was an email connection. We shared that with each other. And we said, just welcome them. Be there uh, as a, you know, as a fellow peer and answer questions. Yes, they'll have their leaders, but, and a lot of relationships actually um, were built from that. They'd send each other little gifts. They'd give each other encouragements, but, and then one other thing too, and there was tons of things I could talk on that one for quite a while. We knew it's important to start creating one family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you go through a time we're in different uniforms. You go through a time you're different aircraft. There's a lot of things that need to blend over a course of time and it doesn't happen overnight. But we created what we was, I don't want to call it a campaign, but it was sort of a called One Love. And we created things that everybody could wear that was their own it was one, one brand, you know, it was a same idea or the same badge or the things that started making you feel like you were all one family. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just, a, and we had huge celebrations all on the closed day. We were, we were there in Atlanta and we had leaders in all of the air train locations to make sure everybody realized we were excited about this and we were welcoming them into the family as one. And we wanted to learn as much from them as we felt like they would be learning from us and uh, a lot of intentional programs throughout that knowledge that we, that we, we put into place. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, because I think we, it's amazing because we don't see it. That's, that's it. You know, as the yeah. consultants say, you know, I, I do culture change within organizations it's a it's tough to get CEOs to be having a conversation about culture because they want right. to talk about money. And the issue is is culture has to come first and then money comes naturally after that. Um, and they're pushing for financial change or productivity increases, push, 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 but they're not actually getting to the root of the underlying issue, which is always culture, right? So and Culture has to always be a focus. You're never done. No. It's no. never a checkbox that you check off and it should be on the forefront of everything that you do. And we have used that in every, whether it's during disaster, you know, we've had 50 years of no furloughs or layoffs because our people it, it's that's where the heart is. Yeah. And it, I don't think Southwest could ever say never, but that would be our last resort because we know that it's important. That's another demonstration of our love yeah. uh, for our employees. So there's been some standout, you know, I've seen Southwest throughout the marketing and throughout the media with the different kind of campaigns. And, and it's not been a deliberate marketing ploy, but it's become a marketing thing because people have just fallen in love with this story or this short video or you know, whatever. Is there anything that stands out to you in your time um, at Southwest over the 40 years that just really that you remember um, and that resonates with you? From a, from a marketing perspective? Yeah, from the from the stories and stuff that yeah. came out, the, the kind of the things that people did or, you know, all those sorts of things that, that the public saw, I guess, or okay. it could even yeah. be that the public didn't see, but it was a really, it was a standout story on somebody just going over and above. Oh gosh, there's so much of that. And all I'm trying to think, um, we're, we're known 
for so many things from our heart to our humor, you know, uh, uh, segments that people still talk about today and they get the biggest giggle was our want to get away commercials. I don't know if you remember some of those, just these unbelievable moments of fun where people are in these awkward moments and then they think about this travel element. Um, we, we, we have a lot of that out there because again, they're like only at Southwest. Can you come up with these just very clever, humorous things, you know, and our, our onboard, um, announcements that everybody talks about how we make it so comfortable and funny. I still, every flight I'm on, there's a a new little line or a, a moment that just gets you giggling and, and everybody's just, just got a big smile on their face. You know, and then you can't help but go, okay, it kind of eases this tension or the stress. Um, you know, also, we were even after um, 9 11, um, and you, we've been through a lot of things, the airlines as a whole, or the world as a whole, but uh, we're in such a tumultuous type of industry. You know, you've got weather, you got technical, you got disasters, both human and, 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 and not human. But, um, uh, but after 9-11, um, our employees rallied together uh, and we were the first to take flight because we knew it was important uh, to show uh, our, our safety and our, our care for um, America. And um, we just launched NALA, uh, a new livery. We've always painted our planes uh, around states that we serve in. Uh, uh, partners we've had, and we just revealed Freedom uh, One that just came out this week. So the beautiful American flag, and I don't know if you've seen it, is the most gorgeous thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's just been painted on a Southwest plane. And so you'll see that in the air with the beautiful heart on the bottom mm-hmm. uh, displaying uh, who we are. So gosh, uh, there's so much of that that I'm so proud of and that that sticks out that makes you so proud to be a Southwest Airlines employee. Yes, I do. I remember hearing those um, those kind of opening talks uh, as as you're on the plane and they're doing the safety announcements and stuff like that. People should definitely Google that. It's hilarious. Um, and just so many things, doing so many, so many things. things. Um, so anybody, if anyone wants to go into a YouTube hole, then they should Google Southwest on YouTube and I'm sure they'll get loads of um, inspiration. Cheryl, we have so quickly already come to the end. I feel like we only touched the base and maybe we need to do another episode in another uh, season. <laughs> Um, talking further on about the evolution um, of the culture because uh, we've talked so much about it, uh, the kind of foundation. Early. But I always ask the the final question is always, what does a culture of kindness mean to you um, as a sentence? You know, um, I think a culture of kindness, it's it's really... It's putting others first. It's what we talk about as the golden rule. If you really can practice that empathy and and looking at the needs of others, that ultimately is where you're rewarded. Yeah, That's to me what a culture of kindness is. Amazing. 
What an ending. Cheryl, thank you so much for your time. Completely honoured that you've come on. I definitely hope that you will come on and do a second episode to continue to talk about the work of Southwest. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, Nala. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have loved this episode, please do share it with others. Pop on and give a lovely review, but mostly take forwards into your life something that can change someone else's. We are looking for the elusive happiness and kindness is the action that can get us there.